Hey, I'm Ashley. I take my blog posts and I turn them into podcast episodes. I like talking about bootstrapping as a solo founder, so you can expect to hear about my experiences of building with Jack and advice you can take with you on your journey as a bootstrapped solo founder. And today I'm sharing my journey to 250 customers. All right, so... I am recording this episode with my terrace doors open, so there might be some background noise being picked up, but you guys, it's so hot, it's just too good to lock myself away and not get some fresh air, so apologies in advance about that. So last week I was speaking, this time last week I was speaking at All Day Hay in Leeds, and that went really well, pretty happy with how that talk turned out. I've done this talk idea to execution and beyond a few times now, and I'm tweaking it based on feedback and what seems to resonate with people, and I think that the more I do it, the better it gets, and I was really happy with the feedback. I have just signed up to the beta of Noticed, at least that's how I think you say it. I'll have to check. Rachel Andrew, Drew, Drew McClellan have built this and I'm just filling up my profile now so I'll be sure to put the video from Haystack up there and put my profile in the show notes for you to check it out. But anyway, let's talk about my journey to 250 customers. That's what today's episode is about. So there's somebody that I follow on Twitter and I followed them for quite a while now. Uh, they're very successful and um, and they're sort of in the freelance space. So I really just try to follow along and learn from them because I'm also building a business in the freelance space. And they recently launched a brand new product. And within two months, they tweeted about hitting 10k MRR. Whoa. So I'm one and a half years into building with Jack and whilst I've never publicly shared the figures I can tell you that I'm not at 10k MRR and after seeing his tweet I felt quite disheartened to be honest I started thinking maybe I'm not good enough maybe I'm not cut out for this whole building a business thing I am putting in a lot of work and I'm still at a place where the money I'm earning doesn't reflect the hours that I'm investing. Now, I'm okay with that. I didn't have any delusions about building a business. I fully expect the first few years of starting something to look like this, but I couldn't help but start comparing my success to his. And I felt like a failure (laughs) until I remembered quite an important detail. This person, they have a huge existing audience to launch to. We're talking about tens of thousands of people. He also has a team of people working on this new product. He had existing capital and he'd already built a successful business in that space. Now, most of us don't have that audience or leverage. I certainly didn't. So why was I comparing my success to his? And this got me thinking about my own journey. It's been very slow, very organic, and probably how it looks for a lot of people, which is no overnight success, no large audience to leverage. So with Jack has grown recently, I am hitting monthly targets in eight days. Just two months ago, I was celebrating 200 customers, and now I'm at 250. So things are growing. And every week, I do have to pinch myself because I'm signing up more customers. And I'm I'm asking myself, is this really happening? Is this just a fluke? It has taken one and a half years of work just to get to the it's starting to look 
like a real business stage. In fact, more than a year and a half, yes, I've launched for a year and a half, but there was a lot of work leading up to launch beforehand. Now, I have built and launched a lot of projects over the years, uh, SaaS apps, podcasts, online courses, you name it. And I used to expect really big things from launches. I used to think this is definitely going to be the idea that takes off. And it never was. So over time, I've learned to drastically scale my expectations back. Because the truth is, launches are underwhelming for the majority of us. If the project if the project doesn't bomb altogether, it can take a long time to get any kind of traction. So hitting 10k MRR within eight weeks is unrealistic for most of us. So I want to share how growing with Jack has looked for me, starting off with no capital for marketing, a small audience, and then bootstrapping my way to 250 customers. So first of all, I'll just share the kind of evolution of With Jack's customers with you. The very first month, I recognized every name that signed up to With Jack. So when I first launched, it was basically just friends and people from my immediate network who wanted to support my business. Thanks a lot for the support, by the way. And then at the one to six month stage, I started seeing people that I didn't personally know, but there was one degree of separation. And these were friends of friends who signed up from recommendations and referrals. After six to 12 months, I stopped recognizing most of the individuals signing up to with Jack. They're within the initial audience of web designers and developers I launched to, but I'm not familiar with them. And this is exciting territory, but also really scary. And then at the 12 to 18 month mark, which is kind of where I am now, well, I'm at the 18 month mark. In fact, no, I'm not, I'm after that. But at the 12 to 18 month mark, I started to see a surge of quotes from people outside of the audience that I've built with Jack for. And these are occupations that I've never advertised to or targeted, but they're still on the fringes of my target market. And then at the 18 months plus mark, which is where I'm at now, there's now a trickle of quotes coming from occupations that have no connection to With Jack, like caterers or plumbers. And I do turn these businesses away, politely, of course. So let's rewind back to month one, which is when I was selling to friends. So getting friends and family to be your first customers is a smart move with any product launch. It's easy for a couple of reasons. Number one, you don't have to convince them to trust you. And number two, they'll want to support your business if they're good friends. So I'd spent a lot of time in the web industry before launching with Jack because of my interest in design and tech. I was attending conferences, I was speaking at meetups, I was really active on Twitter. And because of this, I made friends in the industry. Now, I didn't realize it at the time, but this would come in handy when launching with Jack a few years later. And when I look through my first I don't know, like 30 customers or so. I count many of them as friends. And then at the one to six month stage, I started to get friends to recommend with Jack. So growing beyond friends was a fairly easy transition. All I had to do was convince my existing customers to recommend with Jack to their friends. And that wasn't too hard because, like I said, friends want to support your business. They should be happy to spread the word. 
These days, referrals account for most of my signups. Existing customers refer us on Twitter or Facebook if somebody asks for a recommendation or they'll tell their friends about us. I try encouraging referrals in two ways. Um, The first way is that post-purchase, I actually urge customers to tweet about being professionally insured via WithJack. Some people do it. Not everybody does. Um, Most people don't, but some people do. And the second way I try encouraging referrals is uh, quite simply the existing customers can actually intro a warm lead. And then if that person buys insurance, they both get a reward. We'll have way more scope to encourage referrals once we build the self-service quote system. Referrals will actually be baked into the dashboard and customers will be able to track them. Another method of encouraging referrals is the insured by badge that I made. So customers like uh, Naomi and Ryan, who happen to be my friends, are happy to plug with Jack on their site. They have a, a small badge on their website that says insured uh, via with Jack. And they get to show clients that they're equipped to get back to work quickly should something bad happen. And with Jack gets social proof and referrals. So it's a win-win for everybody. Then at the 6 to 12 month stage, the stage that I call, who are these people? So at this point, I was starting to get customers who weren't connected by one degree of separation. They're still within the initial audience that I built with Jack for, but they're finding us through organic search and marketing channels like that. Now, because of the channels they're discovering with Jack through, they know little about the company itself. Their first interaction isn't from seeing a tweet or blog post by me. In fact, many don't even know that with Jack is a one-woman bootstrapped startup. And this is really exciting territory for obvious reasons. It signifies growth, but it is also very scary because... It's at this stage that I started to feel with Jack was kind of growing up. You know, there's less room for error. You have to work harder to convert leads and please customers who have no emotional connection to the business. And overall, these customers are less engaged. They aren't as likely to sign up to the newsletter. They aren't as interested in following the journey. And in come renewal time, they're likelier to shop around and probably more willing to switch providers. Although I have retained 89% of my renewals, so I'm quite happy with that. But this is an interesting challenge and poses the question, how can I turn these customers into fans? At the 12 to 18 month stage, I call this stage potential new markets. So 70% of Withjack's customers are made up of the initial audience that I launched to. The majority of my customers are designers and developers. And then the rest is typically made up of internet marketers, uh, photographers and consultants. But at this stage, I started getting quotes for industries that I hadn't advertised to. So I hadn't built landing pages to target them or wasn't creating content to attract them. But it still felt like a natural progression because they fall on the fringes of the audience I launched to. For example, it's not too difficult to see how a service built for a freelance web designer may attract a freelance copywriter. 
So provided the role doesn't stray too far from the audience I built with Jack for, they'll be able to buy insurance without any hiccups. And then if I see a lot of one sector consistently requesting quotes, that's when I decide it's time to build support for them into the quote system. 18 months plus turd sandwich making. This will make sense in a minute. So lately the phone's been ringing Uh, And quotes have been coming through from businesses that I didn't build with Jack for. And this isn't a bad thing, but more often than not, I'll send them elsewhere. Because I have designed the customer journey for a specific group of people. I don't actually want with Jack to be the insurance platform for everyone. I feel like that's what most other insurers are trying to be. And it's just really genetic. What I want to do is build a remarkable product for a small group of people. That would make me really happy. Now, being laser-focused on a specific audience means offering insurance that suits the work they do instead of confusing them with products that aren't relevant. The customer journey, the products we offer, even the customer benefits, they're all designed with my target audience in mind. Now, maybe I could sign these businesses up as customers, but they're not going to get the best experience because it wasn't built for them. And also the whole turd sandwich making thing, well, that came about because a recent quote came in for turd sandwich making, which is an industry I don't target, okay? Anyway, the point of all of this is that the journey looks different for everyone. Growth does not look the same for everyone. And this is how the path to 250 customers has looked for me. There are hundreds of different ways to grow your business. There's no right or wrong way, unless you're not providing a good service. That's definitely the wrong way. But if all we hear are the stories about getting 300,000 users in 24 hours or earning six digits in 48 hours, which are true stories, by the way, then many of us will feel disheartened and we'll start to doubt ourselves and maybe we'll even give up. You know, I actually remember shipping a project four years ago, almost to the day, on the same day that a friend launched their company and I watched them share photos of celebration and champagne as I struggled to get a sale in my first two weeks and absolutely nothing good came of comparing my launch to theirs. If you look at Airbnb, they had a pretty disastrous launch. They launched with only six listings and from those six listings, just two became bookings. But can you imagine if they'd given up at that point? Astronomical traction wasn't a reality for me, and it won't be a reality for most people. But starting small and growing slowly has been my reality. And sharing these stories is important so we can see how different the journey looks for everyone. The vast majority of us won't experience the overnight success. And that, my friends, is perfectly okay. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'll be back as soon as possible with another episode. I have one more in the tank to record, so look out for that. And that's called Start Talking About Your Idea. I'll see you then. No, I won't. I keep saying I'll see you then. I won't see you then. It's a podcast. I'll speak to you then. Bye.